0: Hello friends, my name is Enoch Leffingwell, and today I'm going to tell you how Doug Batchelor's three types of scriptures helped me to escape the rapture theory. Now this is a really popular theory, uh, popularized by the Left Behind series, these books that are showing that, that when Christ comes, many are going to be raptured in this secret rapture, some are going to be taken, other ones are going to be left. And then they are, you might wake up one day and you might turn on the television and see, the rapture has come and we are all left behind. And then you'll realize that it was too late for your soul or that, oh wait, it's not too late because now you have seven year tribulation that you can get things right. You can choose between this physical manifestation of the Antichrist and Jesus Christ Christ who are you who are you going to serve? Who are you going to obey? And when it's so obvious and apparent that you are, there's no way you're gonna to want to follow the Antichrist, then you can make a decision, you get a second chance to choose God and choose right, and then go to heaven eternally at last. This was a belief that was being that is still very popular, that is taught very often, and I've studied with different people, pastors, evangelists, teachers who are promoting this this belief and i i was in as i was entertaining this as i was considering the teachings of this there are some very convincing arguments that are used for teaching this rapture theory one of which they take daniel chapter 9 the last week and they throw it they cut it off from its fulfillment in the messiah's uh, arrival in the times of Jesus, and then they take that one week, that seven years, and they throw it off in the future, and they apply what would have been to the Antichrist, they put it to, uh, I mean, sorry, what would have been to the Messiah, to Jesus Christ, they apply that prophecy to the Antichrist. It's definitely a mix-up, and it's it's very convincing. They mention how two are gonna be in a field, one shall be taken and another one left. They show verses that show that Jesus Christ is going to come as a thief in the night, Therefore, it's going to be secret. And these verses, there's lots of verses or some uh, specific verses that they bring up that makes it sound very, um, very believable. And it wasn't until I saw this video from Doug Batchelor, he's an evangelist, that he was explaining that there are three types of scriptures when dealing with any subject, and especially when trying to understand controversial truths or are ideas and beliefs of a controversial or discordant opinion. And he was presenting some novel ideas that I'd never heard at the time that made so much sense and it helped me to escape this rapture theory. So before I explain what these three types of scriptures are, I want to say my name is Enoch Leffingwell and with the Army of Youth I teach young people how to identify their unique talents and encourage them to dedicate to the Lord's service. This is what my passion is and so today we're going to be sharing with you these three types of scriptures that help you to navigate any controversial topic so you'll never have to be confused again. The first category of scriptures is these few scriptures that are often extracted out of context or uh, an idea is asserted where it almost seems like an apparent contradiction. These are many times some of the most popular verses that are most widespread and taught in pulpits and videos and teachings. These few scriptures, they seem to indicate that that the Bible is teaching something and uh, some different idea. For instance, like the rapture theory, the three that I just shared with you. Those are some examples of this this, uh, few, emphasis on a few uh, scriptures that go in that direction. And, you know, there's been entire denominations and religions that have been founded because of just one Bible verse that they, people had the wrong idea of. And, and so that is one category that you have to consider. And not just take your doctrine and your belief off of just a few scriptures. What you want to do is allow the Bible to explain the Bible. And the Bible is its own best expositor. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 20, the Bible says, For there is no prophecy of the scripture that is of any private interpretation. If we were to read a verse and to see, Well, I think it means that. I think it means that. I think it, and we're all thinking what we think it means. That's not how the Bible is to be interpreted. We need to go as Um, Isaiah 28, uh, 9 through 11 says we got to go here a little, there a little, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, allowing the Bible to explain itself and teach what's going on. So we need to look at these three types of scriptures. What you want to do is not get stuck on a few, but gather all of the scriptures together on the subject that you want to know. And then let every verse have its proper bearing on the text. And if you can form your theory without a contradiction, then you cannot be in error. You can have the belief and the certainty that what you hold is the truth because you've allowed the Word of God, which is the truth, John 17, 17, to explain and interpret itself. So you need not guess. It's so simple. A child can do this. So the second category of scriptures is this uh, large, this somewhat medium-sized group of texts of verses that it seems like they can go either way. They might go in the direction that is being promoted, or they might be saying something totally opposite or different. And so it seems kind of um, unclear at the beginning and uncertain. And a lot of skeptics and critics of the Bible, they love to look for these areas of apparent contradictions, and they just magnify those and laugh and scoff and say, oh, the Bible cannot be true. But in all reality, there couldn't be anything further from the fact. The number, the Bible remains the number one best-selling book for a reason, friends. We would do well to look into how the Bible tells us it should be studied. And Doug Batcher was going through and he was explaining this, and he was showing that these verses They can go either way, it's good to identify them, put them in category two, and you allow that to just be there and as a weight in the evidence. But the third category of scriptures is the majority of scriptures, the abundance of Bible answers, and this is where you're going to find the greatest clarity. You're going to find that in God's word, there is a large amount of verses that deal, for instance, with the second coming of Christ. You have verses like 1 Thessalonians 4.16 that says, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Now that's audible. That doesn't sound like that's going to be a secret. With the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God. Trumpets are very loud, not secret. And the dead in Christ will rise first. So there would be a resurrection of the dead. Now does that sound like something you're gonna be sleeping through? Absolutely not. And you go through another verse like in Revelation 1 uh, verse nine that talks about how when the Lord comes with clouds and every eye will see him. So the second coming is going to be visual. Every eye is going to see the second coming of Christ. That doesn't sound like a secret. That doesn't sound like something that you just wake up and your spouse next to you in bed is gone and their clothes are lying there. You're like, what just happened? I was left behind. You're, it's Nothing is going to be further from the truth. Jesus himself in Matthew 24, that whole chapter is, is answering the question in verse 3. What is going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus says that If people say in the desert, there is Christ, don't believe them. If people say that he is over on television, this is Jesus Christ, don't believe them. Because every eye is going to see. If they they let you know on the news or on television, Christ is over here in Las Vegas, don't believe them. He said the first answer to his disciples, when they're like, what is going to be the sign of your coming in the end of the world? He said, take heed, listen, that no man deceive you deception would be rampant deception would is one of the signs of the last days and friends if you can't see this now then don't you see that there is deception all around us so now as never before we need to recognize how to handle the deception how to handle these controversial truths and ideas that are being taught these popular theories like the rapture theory so what he was showing is Doug Batcher was mentioning how this third category of scriptures, it has an abundance of verses. You might find 50, 60, 70 verses that are very clearly saying that when Jesus comes, it is loud. Or the last verses of 1 Thessalonians 4, where it says when those that are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. So Christ is feet are not going to touch the earth, that we're going to meet him in the air. So anyone who claims to be Jesus on earth is not fitting the Bible testimony of what the second coming is going to look like. And Isaiah 38 says, the grave cannot praise thee, death cannot praise thee. They that go down into the grave cannot hope for thy truth. There's not a second chance after the second coming of Christ. Unfortunately, this theory teaches people and it encourages them that hey, if the rapture takes place in Revelation chapter 3, then everything after that does not need doesn't make sense to us. We don't have to study prophecy, we don't have to understand it because we're all gonna be gone and it and it doesn't really matter. I had a lot of my friends who was teaching this and they, they were encouraged, they were discouraged from studying the Bible or prophecy, especially, because they, they were taught with this rapture that it doesn't matter because we're going to be raptured. The church won't be on earth during that time. But friends, what if what if, the rapture is, uh, is not what we think it is? What if this theory has not told us all the truth? Has it been built on the first category of scriptures that just takes a few verses out of context without fully explaining, looking at the abundance of scriptures regarding the second coming of Christ and allowing the Bible to explain the Bible? What if the prophecies relating to the last days are so essential for us to understand because they will help us to know whose side are we really on? The Bible identifies very clearly what are the characteristics of the Antichrist? Which we're not going to go into now, but if we did, it would be so simple. Just using the Bible to explain the Bible. By the end of this study, you could see who the Antichrist is. And you wouldn't have to guess at anything. The Bible identifies these characteristics. And 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 says that the Antichrist even now, already is in the world today. So we have to be careful about what we accept and the deceptions of the last days. The very scary thing about being deceived is that we don't realize we are deceived. That's why these three categories of scriptures have been so helpful for me to understand in all of these different controversial ideas, how we can study controversy without being swept away with every wind of doctrine and idea that gets presented to us. We can be grounded and rooted in the truth. And what you do is you allow, you take these verses, the the majority, the the third type, and you take that majority and you see that it's so evident, so relevant that the Bible is not going to contradict itself. So if there is a contradiction or an apparent contradiction in the scripture, then our theory can't, needs to be reevaluated. Our theory needs to be reconsidered because it's not gonna say that he's coming as a, um, as a trumpet with the voice of an archangel, this voice that is so loud that it awakens the dead and say that he's coming as a thief. And, th- and that meaning that it's gonna be a secret, it's gonna be silent, it's gonna be something you can sleep through that and those two verses can, it's not that they contradict, but our interpretation of those verses may, may be what's contradicting. So we have to reevaluate how we're interpreting it and allowing the Bible to explain the Bible. And we'll find that other places where Jesus talks about his coming as a thief in the night, he's showing that it's in an hour that we know not. Not saying that, this thief analogy means that it's quiet, it's silent, it's secret, but that it is in a time when you least expect it. You don't leave your home and get robbed and a thief come in and burglarize your home when you're expecting them. They come when you least expect it. It's as Thessalonians says, when they are crying peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. This is the emphasis that God is saying with the thief in the night. And a powerful one that I found is in the verses where it says two shall be in the fields, one shall be taken and another left. Two will be grinding out of millstone, one shall be taken and another left. Now, does that mean that you're going to be working side by side and someone's raptured, the other one's left behind? Well, what I find amazing is in Luke chapter 17, when we bring all the scriptures together in the Gospels, every Gospel account where Jesus talks about that event and you compare them Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're not going to contradict each other, but they highlight different portions of the same text. And you find in Luke 17, that right after Jesus said, "Some shall be taken, some will not," then the disciples ask the question, "Where will they be taken?" That's a good question. And Jesus responds by saying, "Whither the eagles are ga- whither the bodies are, thither will the eagles be gathered?" So the eagles, or vultures, they gather where the bodies are, the dead bodies are. And that is where they are taken. The idea is that they're taken to heaven, but Jesus is saying, actually, they are those that are taken is not the group that you want to be in. Matter of fact, in Luke 17, Jesus talks about the flood. And he says that they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage, until the flood came and took them all away so to be taken is not something that you want to be in the rapture to be taken by the flood was the wicked and it's again when they're marrying giving marriage making long plans for the future that's when they least expected it like a thief in the night then they the, the flood came and they were found themselves unprepared so the the bodies at the second coming of Christ is as mentioned in second Thessalonians chapter 2 where it says that at the second coming is going to slay the wicked at the brightness of his coming. Those bodies will be taken uh, by death and the vultures will gather. And that was the answer. And when you start to bring all the scriptures together, and those ones that seem like they can go either way, and the other one, the first category that seem like they're just so clear, the rapture is clearly taught in in the taken verses. But then as you bring the scriptures together and let the abundance of God's word explain itself with you by you laying your preconceived ideas and notions and opinions at the foot of investigation then the bible becomes so succinct it becomes clear and understandable and the the confusion and fuzzy cloudy understanding starts to fizzle away and you can see clearly the son of righteousness that arises with healing in his wings as 1 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 19 says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy where we do well that we take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in our hearts. I'm telling you friends, Doug Batchelor's three types of scriptures was so helpful for me to escape this rapture theory and to be grounded on the thus saith the Lord and see what the word of God really teaches on this subject and i share this with this example but you can apply these three types of scriptures to anything and i encourage you to do that friend so in summary what these three types were is number one it is a few verses that seem to contradict or they seem to be teaching something these few are usually the most popular but that doesn't mean they're always the most well interpreted the second type is a somewhat larger group those these texts could go either way you're unsure Maybe if you can see how they can go in that direction, you can see how they can go in an opposite direction. It's maybe not enough to build your belief yet. What you want to do is the third type of of scripture is bring all the scriptures together on the subject that you want to know. Let every word have its proper bearing. And if you can form your theory without a contradiction, then you cannot be in error. This is the larger abundance that are so plain, so clear. they, They cannot be mistaken. And you allow the majority of the scriptures, the weight of evidence, to interpret the few unclear, the few misunderstood verses, and the unclarity will vanish away. So friends, these things will help you to escape any false doctrine that that God is leading you into more and more light. And so, if you like this video, if you found this to be helpful or encouraging, I encourage you to share this video with other people and let me know in the comments section what stood out to you the most. What uh, was an aha moment that you experienced? What videos would you like me to record in the future or questions to answer? Send in your questions. I want to help you to understand the Bible. So my goal is to help you to, find, to make your devotions irresistibly interesting by equipping you with the tools, with the resources, with the mindset to help you to understand what God's word means and make it so relevant and interesting that you just can't put it down because it's transforming every area of your life. So what we're going to do is we're going to sing a scripture song that is relevant about a precious promise, how Christ is that we can be confident that Christ who began a good work in you will perform it until the second coming of Christ. And this is found in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. We're going to repeat it twice. This song goes, Being confident of this very thing,
1: that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Being confident, confident of this very thing. Philippians 1 verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ Being confident, confident of this very thing Philippians 1 verse
0: 6 Remember this, friends, when you are discouraged or tempted to feel that, how am I ever going to handle all this confusion that's going on in the world? You can be confident that Christ who began the good work in you, he's going to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. If you like this video and you want more trainings like this, subscribe and go to thearmyofyouth.com. On our website, you'll find lots of more training at thearmyofyouth.com that can transform your life forever. Thank you so much for watching and I pray that you have a great day.